Yeah, I mean, look, the the Amazon recommendations I'm getting are not great. Oh, gosh, yeah. I am glad that you did that. Like, you took one for the team. For all of us in this country, I saw you letting people know what's on there. Watching the movie, buying the book. um, Like, there's a world in which we lead this fake television show. Hello, Internet. um, By talking about how there is Holocaust denial in the book and fake quotes from Hitler in the movie. And Kyrie Irving has not yet answered for any of that. But... We get this headline, Dominique. That hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We got, we got it. Before we get into the the upsetting, ridiculous stuff, we got to tell people fun is on the way. Look oh, down right. at that beautiful menu. Fun is on the way. We're deep diving into some yes. happy basketball stories. We're getting all in the court, X's and O's, <laughs> baby. Before we go off the court and do yes. some, I don't know what these Ooh. are. They aren't well, X's well, or O's. But we're gonna we're gonna have a conversation that the Nets do not want to have in public because what's happening right now before we summon Jacoby and Izzy to have actual basketball fun with us is they are currently saying Sean Marks, the GM, is currently saying that they have not made a decision yet to hire Ime Yudoka, the former Celtics head coach who is currently suspended for the entire season by the Celtics. But everybody is indicating via Woj and other sources that, in fact, this is going to be the guy. And so, Dominique, like, I just want to start the conversation by pointing out a very basic fact about Sean Marks. This man is living his life like a person who is pretty sure that next year is not guaranteed, right? Like, these (laughs) are some things that you do when you are desperate as hell and nothing is working. And you're like, that guy who has... All of these questions around him, which we should discuss, but that guy is a really good defensive coach. He's a guy who was known for reaching star players. That was his whole deal in Boston. And so, like, let's just try this. He's at least, I mean, I've never been on a team with him, but based on the stories that we hear and his sideline demeanor is he's a tough love guy. And like he's gonna get people in line. He's not gonna capitulate to players. He does have a long term like relationship with um Kevin Durant. So like I don't think he's gonna be uh like screaming at him and toughing him up. But that was like really the sales pitch. And I, I get I kind of bristle at the idea of coaches making players tougher, but that is what people said about what he brought to the Celtics, and it's hard to argue with the results. So I guess he's gonna come there, but it's really hard with these formed kind of stars so you're trying to hold on pablo sorry clear it out for a second okay all right the idea of of hiring Ime yudoka is that he's going to come in and the words or the demeanor that he presents is gonna get Kyrie to think something different so this is we're at the point where people around the league who i've talked to today they believe that this is the man for that particular job okay? that's outrageous it, no, I, I I I agree. But what they believe is that if he can't do it, then no one can. And I'm here to tell no you one that can. no one can. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry because for no stepping one, on your no, line. No, but we're, we're, no, no, but we're of the same mind here, truly, because he was an assistant coach for Steve Nash. And by the way, Steve Nash got fired. Um, we should mention that. <laughs> like, it was termed a mutual thing, but also people who I have talked to claim that Steve Nash did not want to be mutually parted with. But here it is because Ime Yudoka clearly, and because there's a background check for the things that he has allegedly done in Boston, like clearly this has been going on for longer, right, than just the last day. And so they believe that the guy in Ime Yudoka, who's an assistant for Steve Nash, who has worked with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, is the guy to help 
the team. So I feel like at this point, we should point out that Ime Udoka is not coaching the Boston Celtics because he was found to have violated team guidelines, team policy from an inappropriate relationship with a subordinate. That much has been reported. Pretty much nothing else has been, though. Exactly. You said they're and doing so, a background check on the things that he has done. We still don't know. No, like, we have no. This this is why this story with the Nets is so amazing to me. It's because I have just not seen this much chaos in one place at the same time in professional sports. Truly. Because there are a ton of questions around what happened, even with that singular incident or that singular relationship, let's say, which clearly went bad. And then there are all the other questions about like, well, what else might there be? And we don't know the answers to any of them. And those are arguably the undercard on the main event, which is does Kyrie Irving believe any of the things that he has now become publicly associated with because he decided to tweet out the link to a movie and a book, which is as described previously. Yeah. And Dominique, like... <laughs> a movie and like, a book that you like um, so like martyrifically exposed your brain to. So thank yes, you for my that brain I have died on that hill trying <laughs> to make sense of this. So, but Sean Marks is saying, just real quick, Sean Marks is saying, quote, um, they're not having Kyrie talk to the press right now because they don't want to cause a, quote, fuss. Let's let him simmer down. And I guess let's let cooler minds prevail. This is why we have not heard from Kyrie since so, that back and forth with Nick Friedel. What bothers me about Kyrie right now is that he is dodging this stuff. And so last year when Kyrie, or like we can go back to his flat earthness, he wasn't we dodging should. it. He wasn't dodging it. And like, that was like as foolish as it was. And I think this ties to what he's doing now in certain ways and like the way that, um, his insecurity or whatever it is. I'm not going to try to diagnose it. The way that he's unwilling to admit when he is wrong, because he tried yes. to say the flat earth stuff was he was just fooling with us. But anyway, can no, I go from... But, okay, but go we, ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Let's, let's live, let's I didn't live even on get the flat the earth point. for a second. Okay, sure. But just because I feel, Dominique, you're right that that's the lens that we need to see this through. And in that way, it does become a little bit more generous to Kyrie. Because I just believe that incoherence and ignorance is what's going on here, just based on his behavior, more than some actual scheme. The problem is that having talked to people who have argued with Kyrie about the flat earth thing, truly, I've talked to these people. And what they say is that he believes this is not a settled question. Right. But, and he and, will but not rather, budge. Okay. But he tried to say that he was trolling us at one point which suggests to me that he wanted out of this and he didn't want to stand on it. But He's anyway. just asking questions. Yes, yeah, that's okay. his position. Whatever. So again, call me out if I get too yelly, because this is the part that really frustrates me. It's like last year when it was, or last season, when he was doing the anti-vax stuff, is like one of the things that I got yelly about that I like strongly regret was like the Aaron Rodgers stuff. And the reason why I was yelly about Aaron Rodgers and not Kyrie Irving was because I respected that Kyrie made a choice and paid the price for that choice because Aaron Rodgers lied to us. And while I regret yelling about Aaron Rodgers is whatever, the fact that he lied was like, I think very, very, I mean, it was just, it was reprehensible considering what was going on at the time. But Kyrie, in my view, was like, I don't believe in this. A price comes with me 
having a contrarian view. I'm willing to pay that price. And that's what really frustrates me about him now is because like I defended him. I was like, hey, if he wants to give up the money and the opportunity to do the thing he says he loves, then fine. I'm not going to be mad at you for doing that because you're willing to pay the price for the position that you're taking. And this is what really annoys me about where he is right now is don't be a coward. Like stand up and say the stuff that I retweeted, I do not believe in. Maybe it sounds hyperbolic, but lives like hang in the balance. Whereas people are, the more the more energy you give to these type of like dangerous conspiracy theories, like the more traction people who are promoting violence have to, to recruit and to encourage people to do these sorts of things. While you watch it for like research purposes, people are watching this and people are being converted and who yes. knows what those people will do. And I don't know how you can sleep at night knowing that anything that you have done could contribute to that. I mean, this is not like Kyrie likes to be the guy who is just asking questions, who is doing intellectual exercises, right? But we're doing this at a time truly when like he's not alone in making life harder on people who have histories in their families of literal genocide of a Holocaust that did happen. We're seeing on the sides of buildings, Kanye was right. We're getting people on top of freeways saying as much. We're getting attacks all around the country. Like to me, Dominique, like I tried to be generous by framing this as incoherence and ignorance, but I want to be clear that those are not excuses, right? This is one of those things where intent is not absolution. And Kyrie Kyrie is very pro-black. And it seems like at the end of the most recent press conference, he like throws out uh, some important like pro-black statistics to mask all of this. And like I appreciate and understand that someone who understands that a marginalized group can be affected or impacted by the words of someone who has power, he has to understand that as like as pro-black as he is. He has to understand that. Alabaster, please join us. Well, I actually have a question too about oh, we're you know talking about basketball, right? Sorry. No, no, no. It's, it's it's about the whole organization and the power structure of the organization. And we know Josiah has been frustrated with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and Kyrie Irving continues to do dangerous things off the basketball court. And I'm confused why they continue to give those guys more power because this is a bad basketball team. And they are now firing the coach that Kevin Durant brought in the first time. They have not really admonished, suspended, or fined Kyrie Irving for his latest controversy. And they're now hiring another coach that Kevin Durant wants. And I don't really understand why. I don't really understand the end goal of this other than that it's just the sunk cost fallacy that they're already in too deep with these guys. Why are they not taking back the reins from the stars they have empowered at this point? Yeah, I mean, I guess the the path... I guess, what would you have them do? What would be the choice that you would make that would make it? I think that's where I end up is like- I'd cut, I'd if you, cut Kyrie and trade Durant. Okay, so that's that's giving up on it. And so like, I think they must believe that there's still a path to winning. If you are looking to win, I think that's the premise that you have to start from is they still believe that they can win. If you are looking to win, I don't know any other path <laughs> at this point because they're already there, but I'm Correct. with you. Like the path to a championship for them the soonest way is to blow this up, but they think it's not. 
but it's also it's also about how much you care about shame and the criticism and the dignity of how you run your business, right? Because in general, in sports, we should not be shocked that a team sees winning and chases that at the expense of other things. What's staggering about this is that the shame, the potential for it seems unparalleled, Dominique, in some yeah. ways, truly. Like we just have not had a situation where they have to hide a player because he's posting content that denies the Holocaust while hiring a coach who is under all sorts of, I think, reasonable, reasonable inquiries from the outside that have yet to even begun to be answered. And the kicker is they aren't winning. So like, I, like you could argue that trading all that stuff makes sense because their main goal is to win. And like, while it may upset you and be like uh, unpleasant for you, if they were winning, then you'd be like, all right, I get it. But they're trading whatever dignity a basketball team could have for an embarrassing losing. If I'm, look, it's easy for me to say because I'm not Joe Sy, but if I am Joe Sy, I'm thinking about this from five years, 10 years, maybe just a year from now. And I'm saying to myself, I would like to be the person who pulled the plug on this experiment because all of this, like it, it smells to me, and that's the reason why I started with Sean Marks probably being fired at the end of this year anyway. It feels like if you're the guy who's going to be here the longest, yeah. your interests are not the same as the people who are here for the next six months. And this seems like a lot of people, Kyrie, Kem Durant, right. Sean Marks, whoever is the coach, who don't have to worry about what this right. does to the business, the the operation, the enterprise that you're running. And it, and it, and it just smells like terribly managed at this point, having decided to feed again uh, the same people who are making these calls. You know what there's a not enough of in the world, Dominique? Panic. <laughs> Sheer irrational panic. And so Jacoby's here to help us panic. Hello. Hello, friend. <laughs> I've been on this show every week, and I've always just stressed how optimistic I am about the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> week after week, I have steadfastly just stood by this franchise and this roster saying, once everyone's healthy, once everything works out, I believe in Ben Simmons. And Pablo, between you and me, you're most, Dominique. Oh, God. We, we just finished I'm, with this. I'm starting, what? I'm starting to get concerned. I'm yeah, just a little bit. Concerned. A little bit. Can we get we, we, concerned? Alabaster? Where do you where do you want us to start here? Because Jacoby just piling on the pylon is not is not helping my personal psychological station. Yeah, I think we can all agree that the Nets are headed towards an ignominious demise. But I would rather move on to some other basketball teams that I think it's time for us to discuss whether or not they should panic. And the first one I want you guys to tell me on the panic meter is a team in Los Angeles. The Los Angeles Clippers. Is it time oh. for them to panic? Ooh. Uh, so is the green panic or is the red panic? Nah, That's obviously the first red is panic. Oh, I mean, the green, I'm going I mean, on the panic. The, when, yeah, he said, this... when he said team in Los Angeles, I was like 100. Which <laughs> Both of them. Both of them, I'm on 100. Kawhi Leonard has played two of seven games. And this isn't normal load manage Kawhi. He's always done this his whole career. No, this is fly away from the road trip to get treatment on a knee. 
I do not like this for the Clippers at all. I'm on a thousand, a hundred. What is this out of? Yeah, I don't know. Though I, I'm We're on, deep it's red, on the crimson. rainbow afro scale of panic, it turns out. Yeah. So, yeah, oh. you're probably going a little red there, Jacoby. That's your answer. Yeah. There it is. No, yeah, I want to I want to be right no, next further, to Jacoby. Further, further, further. <laughs> further. <laughs> All right. I want to be somewhere near my good friend David Jacoby because this has been going on for many years. Like they should have been panic a, a while ago. Like they've yet to have all of their parts together at the right time. What suggests that more time is going to help older players somehow be bring it together? But they are saying all the right things, which are the things that yes. you want to hear, but you're not happy to hear them at this point in the season. They are on the verge of players only meeting territory. Like it's everyone's. We got to be tougher. We got to commit. Then do it. Then commit. We got to play harder. We got to lean in. And I think uh, Ty Lue had a great quote about looking in mirrors, not out windows. Like, none of this makes me feel good as a basketball fan or a sports fan in general. When you start hearing these quotes, it's panic time. Well, hold on, though, because what we're also getting is some great Paul George, Jacoby. You saw him hit that game winner. Yeah, against the Rockets, my guy. A game winner against the Rockets. Against what the I'm rocket. Here, what I'm here to tell you is that if I am, if I'm going to be honest, okay, I think two things about this right now. I think, wow, Paul George looks great. Love that. Paul George has such a he's he's a he's a terrific player. Love having him as one of the two best players on a championship team. The second thing I think is that if Kawhi Leonard is there. Not next month, not the month after that, not the month after that, not the month after that, but maybe around then. I think I just got us to like April. If he's there, I am feeling right now okay. like the kid who's about to be beaten up, who's just like, wait for my, wait for my brother, wait for my big brother <laughs> okay. to show up. And then you'll see, you'll see what the best player in the league okay. might look like in Kawhi. When's, but when's the last time that he showed up though, Pablo? for these big time games in important situations. That's the hard part. And who is he at this point? We haven't seen him play high leverage basketball in a long time. And we see a lot of stars are not the same as they once were, even stars who haven't had great injuries. They just decline a little bit. We're looking at a lesser version of KD, a lesser version of LeBron. I know he's younger than LeBron, but still, he's had serious injuries that some are mysterious and some we know about, or we understand at least. There's no reason for me to believe after all this time that if he shows up in April and can sustain himself through the summer, that he's still going to be that top-level player, which is what he's going to have to be for them to, for this to all have been worth it, for them to win a championship and them to win over L.A., which I guess but, is never but, actually but, up for grabs, but the other team stinks. But, But this is why the question to me is not about like, okay, yes, here's a card that says in this four-game losing streak, they've averaged just 97.5 points, have lost a bunch of games by a lot of points, 17, 14, 8, 21, respectively. What I'm here to tell you is that all that matters is whether Kawhi Leonard is there at the end. It's not. Are you going to go go in a time machine? Pablo, your big brother is at the mall. He is in the parking lot talking (laughs) to girls. He loves me. And and he loves me. You are at the park miles away. To defend me. Your Uh big brother is never coming to defend you because you, you know what? Your big brother was a big deal about three years ago, but he has not shown <laughs> up in you. about that long. He's so strong. Show, show a picture of his legs. Show a picture of his legs. Look at these legs. Look at them. Look at them. You want to get kicked by these legs? 
He's gonna roundhouse kick you off oh, of this playground. What was oh, um? God. What was Paul George's? I was trying to look it up on my phone, but my thumbs are too fat. What was Paul George's like shooting percentage in this game that Pablo is touting as the reason why we should be excited about Paul George? It was, I, a, it was against the Rockets. Yeah, right. I think he had he had six deals, and I want to say thirty-eight points. He actually had a great game. This is off top All of my right. head, so I don't have this it in front of me. But he had a huge game. Just a little game. reminder of what's Paul George possible had a huge when he's your second against these best Rockets, player against the Rockets. Right. Okay. Now let's let's run through. Yeah, against the Rockets. Uh, never mind. I don't want to waste your time with the rest of Paul George's uh, contributions. Paul George could put up thirty eight a point, thirty eight points a game for every game for the rest of this season. If Kawhi Leonard can't get in a time machine, they need to panic. Alabaster. We're getting uniform. What are you? What, what are you? Point. What are you? Why are you? Why are you trying to butt in here? Well, I'm, I was going to butt in to defend you, but now I feel less oh, less no, inclined to no. do so. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. The big brother I've been waiting for is Alabaster. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> um, no, but so we're talking about how Kawhi Leonard hasn't been dominant in years, but it's really only been since June 2021. That's when he was the best player in the postseason before yes, tearing his correct. ACL. And that, like, the weird part about that is that's the postseason we anointed Giannis as the best player in the NBA. But up until Kawhi tore his ACL. Before his tearing his ACL. <laughs> and that same ACL, he got treatment on yesterday. Yesterday. So Guys, for two years, his knee science, hasn't Science has progressed so much. Since when Dominique was playing and ACL tears were a huge deal. Come on. Put me, you know what? Give me, give me a little bit of that. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll take like a yellow into orange. Give me some of that. No, I, like, make, uh, no, I like when you had the beak before. So it was like the NBC peacock. I like that. When you, when you had it up there. Don't worry. John Wall to the rescue, guys. Uh, the best player That's on right. this team is ty Lu, the coach like honestly i feel like like the, the best asset on the team like, sometimes like they're so deep they're so deep it's like if you look at their second team their second team is probably like a playoff team a play-in team in the eastern conference i know look but this team this team was called by many smart people like their finals pick i i believe that I'm going to try. Well, God, I'm going to trust in the intelligence of other people. No. <laughs> Give me a little bit more of that orange, actually. Oh, yeah. yeah, come on over. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Join us. You tried. It was funny oh, listening to you make an argument for it. And then you're in our territory. Maybe you're not as aggressive as us, but you're in our neighborhood. You're not in the suburbs where there's green grass. <laughs> no. You're over you're here. You're still parking in a, in a parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're over here parallel, parallel parking with us, bro. <laughs> yeah. 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 God, speaking of Mass a team that has been ass Pablo. accused of being suburban, what's next? Uh, so next, I I, I want to ask you about the panic of the Warriors, the team that would be seeming to be in a, a moment of deep concern if the Nets hadn't gobbled up all of our concern uh, dollars. So is it time for the Warriors to panic? So this was my finals pick. This is my champion for the record. And I feel fine about that. Um, I will admit that I'm going to go first here. I'm going to put me in the like the put me in the light green into yellow. Mm. Put me in that like I'm, I'm beginning. I'm beginning to put my foot on the pedal just a little bit just out of an abundance of caution because I believe that it's true that Andrew Wiggins is the second best player on the Warriors. I believe that. Oh, that don't sentence... disrespect Jordan Poole like that. My guy, do not disrespect <laughs> Jordan Poole like that. Andrew Wiggins is the second best player on this team, Jacoby. The problem is that I'm saying that after he's had two games in which he has been terrible. 
And so I believe in, oh God, I'm about to say I believe in Andrew Wiggins. But yeah, I do. I do believe in Andrew Wiggins. I believe in Andrew Wiggins. I believe in Andrew Wiggins. I believe in Andrew Wiggins. So yeah, little it's not little candy man. You say it three times does not make a different <laughs> Andrew, Andrew Wiggins, Wiggins show, up. show up with a haircut. <laughs> wow, um, that sunset. I, I feel like I'm in that in the color of that sunset somewhere around there. Oh, the the fact of the matter is, um, Clay is not the Clay of old, which is a problem because that means Wiggins has to step into that role. However, it's very early in the season. There's something to be said for like a team that's been there before and the psychological impact of them just showing up to games that like, it's hard to fake scarcity. It's hard to fake intensity. It's when you've been there four times, won four championships, you were just there last year. It's really hard for them to muster up the intensity day in and day out. However, the reason why that's not enough to make me feel good is the players who don't seem to be rising to the occasion that they want to rise to the occasion are players like Kaminga and Wiseman who have not <laughs> done those big things in those big moments. So like the concern is those are the big question marks and seeing what we're getting from Clay and what we're getting from Draymond, I think them winning more championships in the future is like dependent on those two players in particular becoming better versions of themselves. And the panic is there because there's plenty of time for them to get there, but they ain't there yet. Did you know about this slide? I did not know I about this slide. That's I had bad. no I idea about, about this, slide. this slide because the slide. whole story, it's like, we're not there yet, but we're kind of in the point of the season where you're sort of on paper roster evaluation, preseason opinion is starting to transition into like, real life I watch yeah. this team play basketball opinions because the idea of the Warriors having Clay, Draymond, Steph, and then this younger generation of Wiseman, Kaminga Poole is such a great story on paper. But I was in Detroit and I watched them play the Pistons and they had just lost to the Hornets. So you're thinking this Warriors championship team after losing to the Hornets in a very disappointing manner, they're yeah. definitely going to go to Detroit and take care of business, right? Not only did they lose to Detroit, like they lost handily to Detroit. And it was like an amazing thing to watch because they couldn't stop anybody. They made Sadiq Bey look like Pete Maravich. Like it was, it was a <laughs> wild game to watch. Pistol. However, when we talk about panic meter, like they've just got so much championship pedigree. And by that, I mean like the dog food pedigree. Like they, they've got <laughs> Come on, hold on, so hold on. much pedigree to feed all the dogs that my concern is like in between the lime green and the forest green there. Like I'm, oh, my, concern I, I, my concern is low. My concern is low. I want, I want to, I, I want to revise my answer. Give me the darkest green you could find. Wait, and I say fair. this, no, I, I say this Jacoby, I'm putting my foot back on the gas, get the hell out of the way. I'm looking at the standings in the Western Conference, okay? And I'm trying to think, I think to myself. You got it wrong. Okay, wow. I think if you're if panicking, not... you're pressing the gas. You're taking your foot off the gas. Who else is who's gonna take your spot? You, you make a great yeah. point. Who yeah. in the Western Conference is a threat? This is the Western Conference standings as we sit here today with a beautiful sunset behind David Jacoby. Blazers, Blazers Jazz. Suns, Jazz, <laughs> Spurs, <laughs> Pelicans, Timberwolves, Nuggets, Grizzlies. What the f 
are we doing? <laughs> I swear. All right. Good point. Seriously. All right. Everyone get into green. We're all green. Green We're it all out. in the green. Leave green. Yeah, 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 green. Like, I'm sorry. I apologize. We're, our eyes were lying to us, guys. Yeah, Jacoby, our Jordan eyes were lying Clarkson to us. going to take down the Warriors dynasty? I don't think so. I feel like the, to Jordan G- Clarkson. The, the GMs of all those teams that are in front of the Warriors will do what they have to do to make sure that the Warriors are not in jeopardy of missing the playoffs because <laughs> yes. none of them want to be there. Correct. Alabaster, what else do we have? I mean, no one wanted to blame the slow start on Draymond punching Jordan Poole? No one? No. Not even worth it? Okay. Uh, Okay. Uh, Let's move on. I punched on me yesterday. I got one more team for you guys. How panicked should the Los Angeles Lakers be? (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. Russell Westbrook, they just won. They just won a game. They're good. So we try to be emotionally fair and balanced on this show. We were just mean, I think, Dominique, in the light of day. Um, We were a little mean in the last segment. Uh, So what is this new segment that we're bringing Izzy on? To join us and hello israel gutierrez friend of the I, mean, uh, I actually think that the name of this new segment like forces us to be mean again but anyway alabaster tell us the name of the segment and then present us with our opportunities okay the the name of the game is what's their ceiling we all know hmm. that we can't just have fun with upstart nba teams we need to know what their ceiling is and if they compete in the, can compete in the playoffs and the first team i want to ask you about is the Cleveland Cavaliers. What? Yeah, this game is mean, too. This game is mean. (laughs) Yeah, right. I mean, my first thought is because, I say that because, like, Giannis's hand is the ceiling on the Eastern Conference. (laughs) The only thing I'm sure about in this NBA season so far, that giant hand. And so, can the Cavs challenge that giant hand? I love this team, but I don't know, Izzy, what do you think? I mean, so you got to look at the way they're winning so far. Right now, they've been shooting the lights out, uh, I think, for like 43, 42, 43% from three. Um, I don't know how sustainable that is. They seem to have a hole at the small forward position that they can't really get answered. And yet, they're still, you know, winning at a pretty, obviously early on, but a pretty decent pace. Donovan Mitchell looks like the player we thought he would be like, just probably even more of an effective scorer here. And he just seems engaged. I don't know if he just seems happier that he's not in Utah anymore. Um, And Kevin Love's just a three-point machine off the bench. I think they have all those elements to be able to be a conference finalist, an NBA finalist. I still think they need – there's a couple of teams in the East. Miami's one of them, a couple other teams that just need one more piece before they can get to where – what they think their ceiling is. And uh, if you had like 45 seconds before I mentioned the Miami Heat (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> yes, don't fall into the trap, Pablo. We'll just pretend like we didn't hear that. So uh, uh, one thing, their shooting will regress. Their defense will not. Like the combination of Allen and Mobley inside is something that I guess you so could good. suggest is like formidable when it comes to Giannis. But the this, what's your ceiling part? The thing that scares me is like, I guess, the history of the NBA. We got like Steph Curry and Isaiah Thomas as guys who win championships or teams that win championships where their best player is not a wing or like a big man. And that's the problem with this team is their best scorer, offensive player is going to be Donovan Mitchell. Hmm. And his defensive limitations I'm less concerned about because of the wall that they have behind him. But for whatever it's worth, the offensive limitations when it comes down to like 
big shot, ISO, high pick and roll, and you got a six seven dude who's just as explosive, just as explosive as you, trying to guard you. Like that's the concerning part about the ceiling for this team. Wait, so you're saying that you think Donovan Mitchell can be defended by a six seven dude? Is what you're saying? I mean, the the freaks that are in the NBA, yes, I do think that. No, what I don't disagree with you. Oh, I, I think thought you part were, of the yeah, no, no, no. Pushing back. I was just making sure I heard it right because I do think that there is, you know, Donovan Mitchell six two, six one and a half, maybe. You know what I mean? He's not the biggest guy in the world. The scoring, I think, can continue. I think you know, early on, if you look across the league, I think as of yesterday, there were eleven players averaging thirty plus, and that's all going to come back down to earth. So he's not going to maintain this, but he can do this for a regular season. I do think the Darius Garland, um, a healthy Darius Garland with Donovan, I think really gives them some variety, enough variety where their bigs can can hold their own. I still think they need they still they need that small forward. They need something else oh, on man. the wing, maybe a little bit more size to kind of complete the package. But hold on, just to be very clear though, because the argument against Donovan Mitchell is that he is too far away from the literal ceiling. <laughs> like you just think he's too small. No, and I mean I don't it's know. the argument against but, the team. I'm sorry, Pablo, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, look, I'm not the biggest Donovan Mitchell fan, Dominique, um, but what he's doing right now, what he has done in the playoffs, I believe he's going to score. I think that he can really – he scored 50 in the playoffs before. I think the issue is the fact that the second best player on this team is going to need to be the best player on this team. And that, to me, is Evan Mobley. And I don't think they're there yet. That's where, like, challenging Giannis – Challenging Giannis is going to take their own special generational, like truly like freak unicorn alien, whatever the weird euphemism is we've all agreed upon most recently. <laughs> They're going to need one of those guys. And they have one of those guys, we think. He's just, just a little, not little, that just a, Well, some of you guys talked me into Evan Mobley. I like Evan Mobley. Don't get me wrong. I just think Evan Mobley has already entered the area of overrated. Yeah. Um, because... <laughs> Like, let me let just. I, I know he produces every once in a while, but like, all right, I, I want to see it, and I want to see the special all the time. Like week, yeah, he's got like a. I mean, his PER not again, small sample, whatever. PER like around 15, 16. He's not like, you know, a defensive metrics are better, but it's just like, okay, what is he exactly? Like, I want to see stardom out of him if he's going to be a star right away. And I knew he was coming. I knew you were an Evan Mobley stand. I can tell you exactly what Evan Mobley is right now. He's a better version of Bam Adebayo. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I knew exactly untrue. that's exactly where you were going to go. It's true. He's not the same playmaker as so, Bam. He's a better defender probably, wanna, but he's not the overall. I, I mean, I guess the 15, you know, the scoring depending on how you how you like your scoring. Whether Evan Mobley is more of a fluid scorer than Bam is a whole different question. He's not a better version of Bam right now. I think that the Part of the the optimistic view on the Cleveland Cavaliers is part of the reason why I'm not as high on them is part of the optimistic view is where do you see what they are when like Garland can work in more. But if the key to this team is like their defense, which I believe is like their the three point shooting is not going to stand up. The, the key that this team is going to be their defense. What happens to their defense when they put another little dude out there? Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think that it, it comes down to the league can change. Obviously, there was a time when jump shooters couldn't a jump shooting team couldn't win the title. That's long been disproven. So maybe there comes a time when uh, a pair of little guards can do it. But I don't know if these two are like special enough to to yeah. to be that, particularly when you got the Celtics and you got um, the Bucks. 
it's quite possible we've never been more right about the small guys because just look at next year's draft. <laughs> You've got a 7-4 dude at the top. It's insane. Yeah, the little guys, are, your days go, are numbered. We go through all the best teams and like it's not it's not deep, smart basketball analysis, but all the best teams that we think have a real chance got a dude at that spot. And Evan Mobley is supposed to be that dude. And to your point, he's not there yet. He's, he's a baby dragon. He hasn't grown into – I don't know all the names of the dragons on – House of Dragons, because it's too many. It's a great show. I love it. But maybe somebody can look up some of those, and I can make an analogy later. Tracaris is the only thing I know. That's all you fire. need. <sighs> That's all you need. I got, I got one, one more question on this. Would you be shocked if they made the conference finals? Because they have a ton of firepower, and Evan Mobley and Jared Allen like did anchor a top-five defense last year when they were both healthy. Man. Are we I, – I, for the sake of like human psychology, I would love to be shocked. Yeah. I just can't, I, I don't want to adjust to such radical things so quickly. I'm just <laughs> numb to them. Truly. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know how many yeah. good teams? Like, come on, you want, me to, you want me to wipe away all of my preconceived notions like by November 2nd? Really? Like, can we be shocked? By <laughs> just that? line up player for player with the Celtics. Yeah. And it's not like Robert Williams, a more probably devastating defensive player right now that I would say Evan Mobley is. Um, not as well-rounded, but just defensively. Um, and, you know, Jason Tatum, probably want him more than than, uh, than Donovan Mitchell. Um, yes. Jalen Brown, Darius Garland, you'd probably lean Jalen Brown. But I think if you go, yeah, I think you go down the board, like it's, it's the Celtics seem like the better team already. So unless you're going to tell me that they're going to really sort of uh, load up and get a small forward that, you know, potential all-star type, then they could have, you know, what, probably the best starting five in the game. But until then, no, they're yeah. just an improved team. They're not necessarily a finals or conference finals favorite. Yeah, the, the best the best version, if we're assuming healthy best versions of all these teams, they are not uh, a top two team. But, I mean, things happen. And the ball is round, but it bounces weird. <laughs> I do have one one recommendation for the Cavs. my ball is oblong to uh, not to bring well, up another uh, former Heat player, but um, this D Wade that they have on the Cavs, can we not call him D Wade? Like, can we just call him his full name, maybe? Wait, yeah, show, or show, just show, the last show, name. Show them what this D Wade looks like. Yeah, I think that's a fair. Okay. Oh yeah, or rather than say his name, just throw a picture up there and be like, oh okay, we we're no confusion. We can uh, move on, but I should note that both Dean Wade and Dwayne Wade are Cavaliers lifers. But I digress. Oh, Let's move on. <laughs> and I, this is a team, that, another team I'm genuinely excited about. They've been super fun to watch. They are loaded. They have three guys that can seemingly score at will at the end of games. And that's the New Orleans Pelicans. What is their ceiling? Hmm. Well, I hear they have a podcast with CJ McCollum and this guy Izzy Gutierrez. Oh, yeah. Um, Izzy's, Izzy's a Pelicans insider now, Dominic. Yeah, let's so get out the way. Pelicans. Get out the way, everybody. Let's what, hear it. what propaganda are you bringing us, Izzy? What new Pelicans <laughs> propaganda are you bringing us? Um, I don't know if it's Pel It's not through the Pelicans, I'll say that much. But just having watched when he was, before he got concussed, uh, Brandon Ingram. Uh, Brandon, like everybody's so excited about Zion Williamson, and I get that, but Brandon Ingram continues to improve, and this dude is really, really good. And it's not, it's sort of perfect for this team because he's quiet, um, can get off any shot he wants, but primarily is an amazing playmaker. And it's, you know, for when your lead guard is CJ McCollum, who's a scoring guard first, um, you probably need that balance all around. And if you look at the other day, uh, I think it was Zion might have led them in, in, in assists. He had, he had seven, I believe. Uh, they have a variety of playmakers where on any given day, you're not really going to know 
uh, where sort of the offense is coming from. Um, not necessarily just the finishing, but actually the playmaking. And uh, I don't know if it's just uh, the early season start or having seen him in the preseason, but I am a Trey Murphy the third stand. Like I think that dude can shoot the lights out. He's got a laser, and uh, <laughs> he's a great. I just think they're loaded. Like this team is absolutely loaded. The Pelicans, and if you're telling me that Zion Williamson um, plays, I don't know, seventy to seventy-five games, and Brandon Ingram plays that many, like by the end of the year, they'll probably be the best duo in the league. Like that's how good those two players are, and how efficient they can be. And so I'm like, Pelicans are like, yeah, top two, three in the West now for me. Um, and that's, you know, not ruling out that a deep roster like this can even make another move if they feel like, you know, there's a, a person out there that can put them over the top. So two quick that? things, two quick things, Izzy. <laughs> um, thank you for yeah, your ministry of propaganda. Um, Trey Murphy, the third, if you're calling yourself Trey, you don't get to be the third also. There's going to be a rule about that. <laughs> that's a great point. Yeah. You're Kenneth. Yeah. You can be Trey Trey, though. Cool. Trey Trey, yeah. You Trey, Trey would be a little different, but you can't get Trey and then a name and then Trey again. Sounds, that, sounds, that all sounds a little cray-cray. Um, the second thing, oh, real God. quick, I regret that. I, that was terrible. Yeah, Please leave that out. Mm -mm, um, leave it in. The second, the second <laughs> thing, Izzy, is that the last segment we just did the thing where we like rattled through all of the teams that are actually top eight in the Western Conference. I'll do that very quickly right now. Blazers, Suns, Jazz, Spurs, Pelicans, Timberwolves, Nuggets, Grizzlies. The Pelicans, to me, are the best team of those eight. Yeah. And I don't think it's very close. I love this team. I really think they're constructed in a way that, like, they don't have obvious weaknesses. Yeah. Um, yeah. But and, Dominique, and, like, they seem yeah. to have everything except for consistent health on account of concussions right. and uh, and just Zion is uh, literally, literally butthurt in the case of Zion. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the the willie green is the the question i mean i guess not question but i think their flexibility because their depth is something that will be valuable in playoff series like the way that we can look at some of these teams and say well if they don't match up with this team it doesn't work out well like it feels like they can put together a matchup for any team but the question for me is what izzy brought up is are they better off trying to package some some of these good players because they have so many players that i imagine so many good players that I imagine it's going to be hard to get everybody the minutes that you want to get them in like the top level games in like game fives and six and sevens of playoff series. So should they package some of these guys up and send them away for another piece? Like my reaction is yes, that makes them even better. But I think right now they're they're good enough. Like I would not be of the teams that we mentioned, this team, like Showing up in the NBA Finals would surprise me less than the Cavs, for sure. I agree. Yeah. And, and I even in the West, that's that, pretty thick. Yeah. I have a hard time thinking that they're going to um, package these players for another one. Right. Um, just because a good amount of young, you know, Alvarado, Herb Jones, like you want to stick with that. Um, but I, Jonas Valanciunas, I think, is a sneaky, great, like, piece on this team when you consider the idea of just Zion and Valanciunas just pounding the boards all game long Talk like after the thick. first few games <laughs> I'm sorry thick with two C's like cray -cray. three C's oh man uh, you're encouraging it I thought that you knew that this was trash but apparently you like it is it. trash but okay, you know great. okay fanning the flames <laughs> uh yeah I think uh Valanciunas is such a great big man for this team just go up there and eat the boards and like he had a 30 and 17 game already um yeah I think that they're loaded I don't know about the best team out west I think there might be the most ex like 
most exciting because you haven't really seen it all together for a, a long period of time. And I think that's the one thing that's keeping people from saying that. But obviously the Warriors, the Suns, the experience there, I think that could be a problem for, for, for the Pels. But no, I mean... But it's not like it's, the Pelicans don't argument. have experience. No, like, there's, there's, they there's... Had, uh, substantial. I mean, they didn't go to the finals, but they got some good playoff experience uh, last year. And I'm just proud of Pablo for you saying, eat the boards and Pablo laying off of it. Good job. That's gross. You're welcome. I'm proud of you, man. You're very welcome. Come a long way. Uh, Herbert. <laughs> I have, one, choose, I have one more question. By Herb. Yeah, just take off tributes. That's all. I should have been doing this all show. So fucking one, sad. One more Pelicans questions. Yeah. If they played the Suns again in the playoffs, who are you taking? I'm taking the Pelicans. Pels. Pelicans. I mean, Jose Alvarado just being the guy who Chris Paul wakes up in like sweaty nightmares about is so fun. And also, like, I when I'm looking at the when I'm looking at the Western Conference to Dominique's point earlier. There is 0% reason to not go all in on this year. This is the year. I don't know if we're going to have a year that's this open. We just haven't had Wait. one that's like this. Are you saying for a, a random champion or for this particular champion, for the Pelicans? For the Pelicans, the opportunity, their window, we're talking about ceilings. Let's talk about a window. They have a window yeah. right now that is bigger than any other I can imagine. They've got a window, but I think like the foundation of the house is flimsy because Zion Williamson has not played yeah. a, more than 61 games in a season, I think it is. So that's where you've got to like slow it down. I mean, even without Zion, they could be a second round team and make some noise. So that part, they're still a really good team. But if we're putting them out there to be championship contenders, like, you, you, can't, you can't just assume all of a sudden we're going to get a healthy year out of him. He's already, like you said, dealing with the pain in the ass. That's, that's tough. But I think the thing, the reason why you're still high on them is like they showed that they could do it without him last year. Like not win a championship, but make a run. So like yes. managing Zion till that point and hoping that he stays healthy, which is, I mean... Like they probably need him to make a deep run, but hoping that he can stay healthy at that point is realistic. But the question that I have on this is like, where do you rate Brandon Ingram amongst the other like top, top stars in the West? Because I like to fall back. Okay. Uh, I like to fall back on my old NBA adages. And one of them is the team with the best player is normally going to win. Uh, and I think as much as we all love Brandon Ingram, Ingram, are we behind on our analysis? for him or we just accept that he's not at the level uh of i don't know i mean obviously he's not at the level oh of no Joker i think or somebody I, like that. I think by the time the playoffs come it's it's zion who the teams are going to be scheming against and that's going to be the one that they look at as the problem and Shocker. brandon is going to be almost like a luxury like wow. it's it's going to i think that's what it's going to be because you can scheme to try to stop a score like brandon ingram i mean we've seen one we've seen kevin durant in the league right he's not that yet but um, it's really hard to try to find a way to scheme no, against because, Zion and them offensive Zion, rebounds. Because Brandon Ingram, <laughs> I said to that be, that way. Brandon Ingram, though, to be clear, like can drop 40 on you any given night, right? He is a better scorer than Zion is. But Zion plays like he is eight feet tall and 400 pounds in terms of just like domination in the paint that we just have not seen since Shaquille O'Neal, really. I just don't think you know how to – I don't think anybody really has an answer for him uh, in that particular man, play way. Play some defense. 
It's the same way. That's the problem I mean, with Zion is when we get to the playoffs, he's going to have to play defense, and he hasn't done With that Zion, yet. you could actually have two people standing there and take a charge, and they will both <laughs> just be right in the same uh, level with his body. I actually think the future of the Western Conference is pretty, pretty clear. It's, it's Memphis and New Orleans. Like Those two, if they end up in a conference finals this year, a few years ahead of schedule, would be wildly entertaining. Crazy. I mean, like Memphis the grit and grind really of Memphis against that Zion prove it to me. Like that's it's it would be insane. Alabaster. But yeah, I mean, the whole West, it's interesting young stars, whether it's Ja, Luca. We hadn't even mentioned Luca, Zion Williamson. Jokic is still in the early part of his prime. And he doesn't depend on. I feel like Luca is going to be the one that like hogs up the MVPs because he's so like the centerpiece of yeah. his team. It's just like, hey, I'm going to get 40 and 12 every night. Uh, but then come the playoffs scheming becomes a little different and i think he'll probably end up on the short end on a few championships and these other teams will probably scoop him up hmm. okay one more uh and this team has been fascinating so far the portland trailblazers what's their ceiling hold on i don't hold know i just gotta say justice winslow used to play for the heat got it out the way all right go ahead pablo mm. <laughs> that's not one we like to brag about i'm just kidding <laughs> That's that's culture too. Um, I am confused by this team. Um, I know that Damian Lillard is as good a scoring guard as exists in the NBA. That still appears to be true. But the, they're the top seed in the Western Conference, as open as it is. And their second best player is this dude, Anthony Simons, who I didn't think was this. Yeah, nobody and, did. And, well, we should talk about what exactly well, we're watching Portland, here because mm -hmm. Portland did sign him to this deal that I laughed at at the time. It felt like they had to do it because they had to pay somebody. And, yeah, here they are, and this dude looks like a revelation. Is he, though? Because <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry to do this to Anthony Simons, right? Because oh, God. I, all I keep hearing – and, man, this is going to sound like some some podcast homerism – but all I keep hearing about is how he's a better version of CJ McCollum. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, how long has Anthony Simons been in the league? Anybody know? He's been in like, for five since 2018. years. Five. Since 2018. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is now year five, and he's working on what? 20 and a half points a game through the first six games. Let's just say he maintains that. Okay, cool. 20 and a half points a game. CJ McCollum, 20.8 points a game in his third year. Okay, so he went I don't to college think this is necessarily too, a bet. Yeah, he did. He did. I mean, so, I mean I'm, the timing age, is about the same. Is all I'm saying. Right, a one year difference. Twenty four McCollum was that year, and uh, Anthony is twenty three. So it's not necessarily a better version. It's a different version, more athletic, more fun to watch. And what that means is the ceiling is the same damn ceiling that it was when CJ was there. It's probably second round, and that's about it. Uh, they don't have enough special mm. talent like you were talking about, Dominique. They have. One, maybe two, and that's about it. And so I don't love this team. I think their ceiling is is second round and out. And shout out to Justice Winslow. I think I do think that um Lillard, so the small guard thing that we've talked about a bunch today and we always talk about, I think does not apply to Lillard because of his range and shooting. So like I would be willing to potentially like it's an unlikely scenario but i'd be willing to take it off the table because of his range and that seems very stiff well, i like how dominique is this what? council of small guards now yeah, where, yeah. Where he's a gatekeeper, he's a gatekeeper. I mean, call him the middleman if I you will the, if, the one who decides whether you're going to be one of the big guys or one of the small guys so um <laughs> you must be this tall to ride dominique foxworth's take oh gosh alabaster <laughs> promised us a positive segment so i'm trying to make it positive and i'm positively fun on, for me on little 
Edwards range as being a factor that makes it so that he can't be as easily defended in end of game situations, which we've seen him tap his wrist many times, just that late game situations, there are few people you trust more than him. However, I think you guys already hit the Simons point. Sharp, Shaden Sharp, like, yeah, man. where the hell did he come from? Like, I, <laughs> I, I, so I was watching him play and he's as explosive and as athletic as anyone in the NBA right now. And like a potential dunk contest champion, if people still cared about that. But then I was like, that boy probably can't shoot. He's shooting over 40% from three in many of the games this season. So like that, the idea that their ceiling is limited this year, I think is fair because these guys are young, but the future could be promising with young wings like those two guys That's right. who are really talented. And maybe it times up with the end of Lillard's run or maybe not. So, like, I think their their age is a limiting factor. Their experience is a limiting factor. But if they continue to improve at the rate that we could expect for them, they could grow into something pretty special there. By the way, if you ever are struggling to figure out where a player came from when he just kind of comes out of nowhere, it's usually Kentucky. And that's that's, fair. that's Shaden Sharp. Yeah. So, I thought you were going to say Miami, but I'm happy that. <laughs> so I do want to interject for, for a couple things because I, I, I want to pivot back to Simons for a little bit, but also talk about the wings because they rebuilt the roster around Dame with guys who can be switchable defenders who can cover up his weaknesses. That's the aforementioned Shaden Sharp who's playing a little bit and hopefully will play more. That's Jeremy Grant. That's Josh mm -hmm. Hart. Um, and that's a huge part of it. And the other thing is they talk about CJ McCollum and Anthony Simons the same way because they're, you know, six, three guards, but Anthony Simons, mm -hmm. he shoots off the catch like Clay Thompson. And that's not hyperbole. It's 52% two years ago, 46% last year on higher volume. And that's a different type of player playing with Damian Lillard. That's someone who anytime he's open to the corner. He's money and it's spacing for this team in a different way. And that's exciting when you have wings who can shoot around him also. Like they were, we're looking at a four or five out team in the playoffs that can actually cause teams fits with their offense. Yeah. I mean, so you're saying that this. he's better off the catch than CJ? Like catch and shoot? By percentages significantly. Okay. Mm. Got to give him, get, let's filibuster for no, I'm Izzy just to come up with a defense like, for his homeboy. It's, it just feels like they just changed the offense because uh, CJ's a fine catch and shoot player himself. Um, he was more supposed to do off the dribble. He was more sort of the creator. Whether or not uh, Anthony Simons is a slightly different version of CJ McCollum, I still don't think that makes him good enough. However, I do like the Josh Hart. Um, he does things that, you know, he's sort of fast break starter. Um, Defensively, he's really good. Strong rebounder for his size. Um, defensively, really good. Uh, and and Jeremy Grant, I think a lot of people thought because he took more of a lead role in Detroit that maybe they were bringing him in to be this like really strong number two. No, he's just, just a solid piece in there. And I think that's what they are. They're just a solid team that coming off of last year, people are surprised by. But I, I don't want to put that ceiling too high. It's like a second round. Jeremy Grant is a process sixer who has made good, and I love him for that. Get us seems, the hell out of here. Seems tricky. Free As us. As Miranda Placely would say, that's all. <laughs> well played. <laughs> love the Devil Wears Prada. Yeah, follow us at Debatable and also watch the Devil Wears Prada, which airs approximately 25 times every day throughout America. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Um, Shout out Stanley Tucci. I thought that was um, like the, the remake for um, the Dalmatian movie, which also was really good. Cruella, I Don't tell that. me you haven't seen the Devil Wears Prada, Dominic. Never seen it. But oh, Cruella, Lord. dope. The music in Cruella, 